1: Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me first, helping produce the episode, but also putting in his two cents, is my husband, Pat Francis. Hello, Pat. Hello, honey. And thank God you're here, just in case the board zaps.
2: You know, you're here. Well, I, of course I'm here. We're, we are at our house.
1: I know. We brought all the equipment to the house because I was like, it's zapped. And then, of course, I brought it home and it was fine. I'm like the person who goes to the doctor with an earache and then like I'm fine. Like there's nothing wrong with me.
2: And then when PLR will call me and say, I'm having trouble. And, and then I say, have you tried this? And she says, yes. yes. I go, have you done this? And she says, yep. And I do <laughs> you do this and this. we have like a whole list and she always says I've done them all and, right. we, and then I say I don't know what to tell you
1: it's, it's just me it's and then, just me then I
2: say pull your phone out for protection
1: that's right and so Pat is here as uh, as good luck charm but also because I know he has something to say about this next topic and we have a special guest hello Azul Nino hi hi how's it going good <laughs> and yes those of you who can speak Spanish that does mean
0: blue boy blue
1: boy absolutely blue boy do you have to go around explaining that all the time
0: People um, come up to me at work or just in places, and they ask me if I know what it means, and that's pretty funny. That's they're weird. Like, that's you your know, name. Do you know what your name means? I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm 20. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've know. i been on this planet for a while. Of course I, <laughs> I would, yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, that's the main question I get a lot, or it's like, blue? Like, that. they point at me, and they're like, your, your name means blue? And I'm like, yeah, and they're like, cool, okay, and then they leave, you know, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being here, Azul. Of course. One thing I forgot to tell you is to kiss the mic. I told okay? him. Oh, okay. you did? All yeah, right. I'm the, I'm,
2: that's part of my production. Uh, that's
1: part of your producer stuff.
2: I
0: am kissing stuff. the mic.
1: Thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, Azul is here for a couple of reasons. The first is that Azul is an aspiring filmmaker, and ever since Ezra first Befriended you years ago. <laughs> it was my friend Azul who makes movies. Yes. Yeah. So um, I know that right now, I know you've got like a couple of shorts that you've already made, mm-hmm. right? And yes. And Ezra says that you're always writing, right?
0: I write pretty much every day. It's a lot of notes. Um, never. It's very. It's like once a week, or maybe once every couple of weeks. I will have like a day where it's like, oh, I wrote. 20 pages and that's been my process recently which isn't healthy I don't think at all but um, I write endless amounts of notes on receipt papers on uh, notebook papers I have multiple notebooks in my car and in my bags and my backpack I carry about eight books on me at all times pretty much <laughs> just, and
1: do they find their way into scripts or do you yes, ever lose the notes Or
0: they they have a very uh, semi-organized um space that they go into in my room and um, they're all pretty much I, I can differentiate what's what and yeah it's 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 kinda just there's a method to the madness but yeah th- yes, yes. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah. I might have a system for organizing those notes. So just Beautiful. just you know talk I to me love,
0: after... <laughs> I would love to I would love to know about that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
1: So so um Azul is also here because you know he is, he writes films and is a student of film you love films you love movies you Absolutely. love talking about them Definitely. which means we love talking to you and <laughs> a third reason is because the movies we're talking about today are all the new classic film right that's the we 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 always think about classic films as like citizen kane mm-hmm. and casablanca and things totally. like that but If you go back 20 years, people, Mm -hmm. you find yourself in the year 1999, (laughs) one of the best years of all times for movies. And we're going to prove it today with a list of the movies that were out and 1999 also happens to be the year Azul was
2: born. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, you were born in 1999 was, also? Yes. <laughs> that's, the two, that's both of us. Oh, yeah. So cool. <laughs> that's so weird. That is so awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I, I had no idea.
1: I think we just take those nines and flip them yeah. for you. That's why we much.
2: connect so much, Pat. That's why. So I was born in uh, uh, 1666. 16, 1666. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Actually, if we flip the last two, 1966.
1: That's me. That's you. Know, wow. Yeah. Wow. How sad! <laughs> but that's why I'm an expert at talking about that's classic true. film from nineteen ninety-nine. Absolutely. So, um, so I really, I thought, yeah, you know why not get together a new classic film list and let's start in this year. And so I wanted to talk first, we're, we're going to talk about a bunch, but I want to talk with my, about my favorite first. Um, anybody who's taken a class with me knows that I tend to show clips from The Sixth Sense. Mm. Yeah, and you like The Sixth Sense too, so right? all right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It, it scared the bejesus out of me! It totally surprised me. I showed it to Ezra. Ezra was like, "I'm not surprised. I knew it was coming." But it's a it, it surprised me. Um, and I think one of the the really interesting things about it is it's real slow burn quality. The fact that you all you know about this kid that he's with, you do not know he sees dead people. That was given away in the trailer. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, I know. Spoiler I know. alert. <laughs> it, it takes an hour. To get to that, and until and when he finally says that he sa- sees dead people, then we finally see the dead people we don 't actually see it before that, mm. but you 're so wrapped up and you 're so scared along the way, even without seeing a dead person or hearing about a dead person it 's just such a, a, a terrifying
2: atmosphere role
1: yeah, yeah, it really is, plus then you find out about this wonderful reveal at the end, and you realize that every rule. The filmmaker set M Night Shyamalan. Every is that rule, how you say it? I have no. Idea. I don't know I how
0: say. To, I say M Night Shyamalan. I M. Think M Night
1: M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Okay, because for a while I used, it, yeah. yeah, I used to say Shyamalan Lama, and that's not right. good. I used to
0: say Shyamalan. Right.
1: So
2: one of us so has to be Let's just call, call right.
1: him M. Okay, so or, that's I think, what Night, people, I think yeah.
2: people like call him Night. I think is what he likes to be so,
1: called. Th- so every rule that he set, he adhered to to make sure that there was no giveaways at all. Now, just one last thing I want to say about this movie, which is the clips I show actually are dialogue clips. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because the dialogue in this, like in a great genre movie, everything has to contribute. Mm -hmm. And there is this wonderful game playing that goes on with the dialogue. And I believe that game playing is a really great way to approach dialogue. And there has to be this game playing because, again, you can't give things away. They all have to have double meanings. Because of what we find out later. So top of my list, the Sixth Sense new classic movie,
0: mm. horror. I think that that movie has some uh, very exceptional composition also along with the dialogue. I think that that was like definitely his prime in just what he wanted to show visually on the screen. I think that movie has such good um, symbolism and just, yeah, visual composition, the the way the shots move, just what he's showing altogether, together, what he doesn't show, it, it adheres to all of what you're talking about, I feel like, very much so. And, yeah, I agree 100%. And Haley
2: Joel Osment holds it all together because if you don't have a good kid actor in that role, totally. it's tough. He's
0: so good. So he's good. great, yeah.
2: Also, it's such a slow burn, I don't know that it could be made today. I don't know. I think it,
0: it could. You th- I think it could. You think people would be patient enough? Definitely. There's with movies.
2: Their ph- with all your phones and your Instagram. There's, come on,
0: <laughs> there's you kids. There's movies that I watch. You know that come out um, every year. I think this is something my dad and I were talking about last night. Actually, about it was that I think movies that you know we could talk about any year, just like we're talking about this year, because every single year, it's art is made constantly. It's like a it's a an amazingly beautiful thing that we just have and it people just there's tons of it and it's made all the time so there's movies that are coming out like the sixth sense or better than the sixth sense yeah. or, you know that are coming out today for sure absolutely
1: yeah they're, and they're all sort of you know influenced by what came before yeah you know and i mean i mean you know the sixth sense had you know was clearly influenced you know, by some of those, you know, great slow burn horror movies of the 70s. Yeah. You know, if you think Rosemary's Baby or whatever, right? Mm. I know, not your favorite, Pat. <laughs> it's,
0: it's terrible. I love Rosemary's <laughs> oh, Baby. Oh, we will arm wrestle later. That's a, <laughs> the, that movie has amazing reincorporation and it. it has one of my favorite pieces of reincorporation in any film I think that's ever been made Um It has
1: reincorporation. um, I don't
0: even know what that is. Maybe if I knew what that was, I'd like the film. It was there's a sequence at least at the very beginning of the film when they're moving into their house and there is a Scrabble board on the floor of their like they're they're eating cheese on the floor or something like that and they have like a board they have Scrabble set up and they're like playing it and it's totally something that you know if you're just watching it you might not even notice altogether, but. If you remember later on in the film when Rosemary, you know, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen Rosemary's Baby.
1: Yeah, I think we're I think it's, <laughs> I it's think uh, we're you know. look, there yeah. might be some spoiler alerts yeah. in these, but look, like, it's episode. twenty years yeah. ago and, and Rosemary's baby was
0: uh <laughs> what, fifty? Oh yeah, Maybe, yeah. Oh my god. It's it's just a really at least for me, I when I saw it the first time, I was like, no way. I was like, oh cool. Like I was like, oh I remember I, it was at least, yeah, for me it was something special. She has a she she gets a a book that in inside is inscribed like it's an anagram from her friend I forget his name but um there's there's something about an anagram that she's trying to figure out and what better way than to like spell it out with Scrabble so yeah. she pulls the board out and she's spelling them all and like I don't know the way that they do it, I'm probably not describing it in the most fantastical way possible but the way that Roman Polanski does it in the film I feel like is very special I. Love that movie.
1: Okay, (laughs) yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna rewatch it.
0: (laughs) No, I, I, I just re-watch, I rewatched
2: it like just like three years ago. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: and <laughs> nothing for you.
2: It, nothing happened. Well, event- I'm gonna sit
1: down and make Azul just just teach me some. <laughs> yeah, some you, need, stuff. you can
0: watch it with Azul. It's got great right. production design. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs>
1: well, Azul. So you said before, you know, in preparation for this, I gave you all of uh, twelve hours to prepare. It's okay. Um, you talked to your dad. Yes. And um and so is your dad also a a lover of film? My like dad you? is
0: is the reason I love movies so much i mean if it wasn't for him i don't think i would have watched rushmore or any of the films Ugh. that i really really enjoyed as a kid
1: 1998 yeah yes
0: I, I he showed me that movie when i was probably about 10 you mm-hmm. know and that was like the first r rated movie that i ever saw and it was it was totally something special i i remember seeing that movie and being like You can make movies like this. Like you can do, you can do stuff like this. Like I want to do that. I want to do this. You know. And he's totally the reason. You know. He he has an affinity for film and especially music. He's a musician, a music producer. And yes, he he loves he loves movies. Yeah, Yeah, we watch a lot together. Didn't you tell
1: me that? So he took you to a 1999 film. So and it was
0: my my mom. (laughs) My mom had just given birth to me, um, and my mom and my dad were in their very early 20s. I believe my mom was about 22, and my dad was about 21 when they had me. And they took me to see Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, (laughs) it was a, my dad, dad, I asked my dad about it. I was like, is there anything you remember, like, you know, the way I acted or anything, like, you know, anecdote, like, can, can you give me something? He was like, well, I hated it. That was the thing. He was like, I didn't understand it at all. Like, I came out of it and I was like, What the hell was that? Like, he was like, Good. I hated that,
1: that movie too. He, he
0: was like, He was like, What was that? Like, he he totally disliked it. But then I think at the end of the year, or the end, like you know, at the beginning of two thousand, all these famous directors like Martin Scorsese, um, Jim Jarmusch, um, just a bunch of people that he respected and loved made their lists for the the decade, uh, for the nineties. And on all of their lists was eyes wide shut, and he was like, "No way!" He's like, "That's ridiculous!" And so he watched it again, and they, and there was things that they were explaining about, like just the way that Kubrick did this and that, and his decisions for this and this and this, and the subtext of this, and and my dad was like, "Oh, okay, that's <laughs> you know," but yeah, that that was the first my the second one they took me to as a as an infant was. Uh, the South Park movie, which also came out in nineteen ninety nine.
1: Well, I think and, when you're a little baby yeah. right, you think, you know, it's okay. Yeah. They're just gonna sleep through it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I,
0: I'm pretty positive that I did. That's, you know, I I, I, I didn't I don't think I've ever yeah <laughs> My
1: my dad took me to Kubrick movies oh, okay. as well when I was young, but mm-hmm. I was actually like I was six. Yeah. He took me to two thousand and one. Oh wow. Which is not he thought he was like educating me, but I <laughs> You know, 2001, not good for a six-year-old. It's a it's little a, creepy. Let uh, me just yeah. just tell you right there. But, you know, dads <laughs> do what they can. Well, th- thank you very much, uh, Mr. Nino. Uh, <laughs>
0: Carlos, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Carlos. He, he also um, reminded me that uh, I think the first movie that I ever really, really connected to just as a person was uh, Toy Story 2, which also came out in 1999. And that was a very big movie for me. There were times when... My dad and my mom—they just both had at the time had really unconventional jobs, and they were really young, and they didn't really know, how, like you know, the the appropriate ways to go about raising a child altogether. They they did raise me very well, um, but clearly, yeah, they they you know that that is something that happens. You know, they're super young. They would just put it on, and then they would like go to bed like right next to me. You know, that was like a movie. That was basically like a surrogate babysitter. Toy Story Two for a long time. Cause I was just like I think my first words or some of my first words. I'm, there's a story about I would say I would go up to my family as a kid and I would just be like, "Ambion, Ambion," and they would be, they would be like, "What are you? What is he saying?" And like and like they, they had no idea what I was saying at all. And one day my grandma was with me and she put Toy Story Two on. And every time Buzz Lightyear came on screen, I would say, I would be like, "Ambion, Ambion," and and they, and they were like, "Oh my God, he's trying to say Infinity and Beyond." And, <laughs> and those are some of my first words. Yeah, that's that. so
1: much better than Ambion, which I kind of thought you were saying. Infinity.
0: No, you no. didn't. You didn't know what he was trying no. to say, oh, honey.
1: I'm. That's why I'm good to tell stories to you. I would just <laughs> sit there going, "Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, okay, where's the punchline?" <laughs> <laughs> he, that's why I'm married to you. <laughs>
2: By the way, the directors had to put Kubrick on that list uh Azul because Kubrick was
0: dead oh that's, so that's they had to do that the my dad <laughs> brought that up too he was like it, it might have been a thing like where they were like but but it made sense to him at least at the time when he watched it again. he was like, okay, he was like, all right, that makes sense i I enjoy this, and he likes it now you know <laughs> i the movie's really strange it's a very strange film like. But I think it has some definite merit to it.
1: Well, let's put that on the list, too. (laughs) I would like to go to uh, election. as. as, Oh, man. Yes. Yes. Election. Okay, so uh, what we've got is we've got this this high school teacher who's kind (laughs) of tired of, you know, he he doesn't have any power in his life. And he's tired of the people who always have the power getting the power. And in this case, he sees that power manifested in one of the greatest characters of all time, (laughs) Tracy Flick.
0: Oh yeah I She's great I
1: love her I love her maybe Because I am probably A little like her And <laughs> Because I have a Tracy Flick In my in my classes Always There's always a Tracy Flick <laughs> I the thought one, you meant In the house <laughs> And in the house But the one who always Has the answer yeah. You know Who always like Checks on the homework Who always has a little Something extra to say Makes everybody In the in the class's eyes roll But I just have I'm just in love With this person Every class I have No matter I, who My Tracy yeah. Flick is
0: It's so such a good election is like a powerhouse in script. I think. I think in just writing, like I love that movie. That movie has amazing reincorporation. In it too reincorporation of symbols and images and imagery. Like I'm pretty sure there's like stuff having to do with like apples and with uh, bees and and stuff like that. Dude, that keep, I
1: I had no yeah. idea. I never look at movies this way. I just look <laughs> at it in terms of like mm-hmm. the the story and yeah. and the the way that the the teacher decides to take back the power is by making the dumbest kid in school <laughs> making him run for president which at the time was a delightful funny notion but
2: yeah like you could <laughs> now, never be elected if you're the dumbest person yeah
1: yeah one one you know it was such a, a great movie there are parallels in the last election unfortunately as far as like our our uh, hostility to the Tracy flicks of this world, mm-hmm. but I won't. I won't get into it. But anyway, um, it was hilarious. The things that he would do to try and upset this balance of power, and I thought it was it was so funny.
0: Oh yeah, my favorite character in that movie is actually the little sister of the the, the jock who is running against Tracy. She's like, I think she has like a real i think all the characters do they all have a really serious amount of depth and the one like shining star of like the whole thing i feel like for me at least like the underdog is this little sister character who is really just wants to be like kind of happy she's trying to come out to her parents uh, as gay she's lesbian and she's trying to like Figure herself out, and she 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 knows she's like the only she's kind of like a surrogate for the audience too, because she knows exactly what's happening in the whole space altogether. But I was like, I remember watching that and just being like, I hope that she gets what she wants at the end. I hope that, and she does. She she like she she gets like she gets a girlfriend, and she I think she moves away and she figures herself out. But like, I remember watching that for the first time, being like, Yes, like she did it. Like her journey is like sealed and good and like i was i yeah i I love this movie very much i think it has some of the best like i don't know it's really really special it's really good it's solid definitely top to bottom and it's if a you're, classic. And
1: if you're looking for examples of where voiceover does work, oh, yeah. the voiceover in this is always delivering the punchline. It's echoing the character's thoughts because in this case, because of the power dynamic, they cannot say their their thoughts out loud. Mm-hmm. So it is a, a really good example of when it does work. Um, another another movie I'd like to jump to is... Uh, I want to jump to Being John Malkovich. Okay, how did, wait, is it Malkovich? Malkovich. 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 Malkovich.
0: Malkovich. Yeah,
1: I can't pronounce anything. Oh my god, That's being okay. John Malkovich.
2: Tell me about it. I've never seen it. <laughs> you. See? I've never seen it.
1: Wait, then who did I see it with? I don't
2: know. Some cool dude, probably. <laughs> no, dude. In
1: 1999, <laughs> that was the year before I, it, I got pregnant. It was the year that we saw everything because we were. It was our last I year of freedom. Don't
2: remember this movie at all. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember you should watch seeing it. this.
1: It's you know what I just love about it is so if you pitched it Somebody would have thrown you out of the room at mm-hmm. the time, you know this this idea. <laughs> so this was. Uh, I should probably start talking about the writers here. This was written by Charlie Kaufman. The director was Spike Jones, It starred John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, and Catherine Keener. And it was the and idea and John Malkovich. At, and yes, and John, from John Malkovich
0: it and a was, lot of other people too. They have some really fun cameos yeah. in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. But the the idea is that this this puppeteer again and more powerlessness, right? This puppeteer. Um, believes he has a portal into John Malkovich's head mm-hmm. and he's right. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of goes from there. It's so absurd and 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 crazy that yeah, it would have pitched it, it would it never would have been accepted on pitch. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed that, you know, it it got through as a spec. It was but it but I loved what it did to movies after that, that it made it okay to just go off the grid, yeah. and that's what the, this movie does. I think
0: Charlie Kaufman is—he's definitely—I think my favorite screenwriter. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is my second favorite film of all time. My mom used to watch that um, in like two. Th- it came out on my birthday, actually, in America. It came out on March nineteenth, two thousand four, and uh, my mom used to watch it all the time. And I—I d- I just think she thought like maybe I wasn't watching or I wasn't paying attention. But I used to have these like dreams. Or these memories of the of stuff from that film, and when I finally saw it at an appropriate age or like at the right time, I was like, "Oh, I wasn't. This isn't just what I was thinking. This is this is real. This is a, this is a, <laughs> a real film." Like, okay, and like, and immediately I was like, "I think that you know, um, both being John Mal, pretty much everything Charlie Kaufman touches is a masterpiece." I think, in my opinion, I think that that guy can't really do anything wrong. He is. A genius for sure. Yeah. What's your favorite film of all time? Did you say that? My favorite film of all time is Ratcatcher, which also came out in 1999 what? by Li- by Lynn yeah, Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How mm, about that?
0: That's amazing. Yeah. That's a that's a really like I've been writing a screen a feature length script maybe for about four years now. It's it takes a lot of different forms and. It's based off of the first script I ever wrote when I was probably about like nine or 10 or something like that. And um, I remember watching Ratcatcher maybe about three or four years ago and just being like, oh my God, she did everything that I wanted to do before <laughs> I could even like touch it. You know, there's this, I write a lot about adolescence and first love and um, new romance. And I write a lot of, Mystery and romance; those things go hand in hand for me, at least. And the yeah, there's some there's it's Ratcatcher is a gem. It's a treasure for me. It is something I love showing people and talking to people about. And yeah,
1: no, she went and wrote. We need to talk about Kevin.
0: She she didn't, right? She didn't write it. She directed. Oh, she it. directed the, it. I think the writer of the book wrote the script. But yes, she she made that movie. That and which is one of the most disturbing movies of all time that's and a, haunts me that's a creepy one
1: night and day she,
0: she makes some yeah I mean I think in all of her works there is an inherent darkness um, at the core or at, in, in a place um, I think her second film Morvern Collar, is a very dark Ratcatcher is like probably her lightest <laughs> film, honestly. And it's called
1: Ratcatcher, Rat and it's
0: about all these weird, crazy things. But it is—it is, it has the lightest tone, and it has the lightest ending. I feel like out of all of them, um, even though the ending is debatable as to what happens. But um, Morvern Collar is like a really gnarly character study, and then um, we need to talk about Kevin is also an, also another really crazy character study, and then her last movie. Which came out a couple years ago? You were never really here. Um, is also I really <laughs> is that with Joaquin Phoenix? Yes, I haven't yes. seen that one yet. I really enjoyed it. it I looks, really, really enjoyed it. Looks,
2: it. Um, it looks intense.
0: She, yeah, it's almost like she's only made four feature films, and the first two have this very distinct style, and they're you know they're shot on a specific um, film grade, and they're they they feel a certain way, and then her. Last two, they have a totally different feeling. They're, they're still similar. Like, it's like almost like a jump to digital is like mm-hmm. part of it, too. Um, they all four of them have different feelings and different things. But yeah, um, yes, she's amazing. She is such a big inspiration to me. Pat. Yeah.
1: We we are in way over our head with this Azul kid here. He knows so much more about movies than we do.
2: <laughs> Have you seen let's... Caddyshack? Yes. <laughs> no, let, oh, no, 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 oh, I'm no. sorry.
1: Let's 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 go to a, a movie that is one of your favorites. Unless and you can jump around, we've got so many that I know that you like, Pat. Um, well, I
2: love the Iron Giant. Since yeah. we haven't talked about well, we yes. talked about Toy Story 2, but as far as traditional. Two dimensional animation. I mean, it's a classic. It's absolutely makes me cry every time I see it. Absolutely, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a simple story too, but I love it.
1: It's simple, like you know, because like if you think about like boy and his dog kind right. of movie, yes, right, yes, right, but it's but it's a boy and his robot, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. simple, but then boy comes, and his alien
2: giant robot,
1: right? Which. Uh, you know, a government agency wants to control and mm-hmm. turn into a weapon, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's where the, that's where the darkness and mm-hmm. the, you know, it, it's about something. It's, it's, you know, it's, that's why it's for a broad audience, Yeah, but it's also, you know, I, I remember, I don't know, feeling sort of sad. Yeah. After,
2: there's sad parts in it. Yeah. yeah sure.
1: it, it's a, it's a, it can be a tough watch, mm-hmm. too, if you're watching it through certain eyes. Mm-hmm. But it is it is beautiful storytelling. But at the
2: end of it, the parts – he's destroyed. But at the end of it, the parts start to flicker mm-hmm. and you know that it's going to come together again.
1: Yeah. But yeah. By, by that time, you're like weeping so much, you yeah. might miss it.
0: The story of even just the production of the film is really cool, too, because Brad Bird was um, – he was making another film at the time that they were making Iron Giant – and he basically lied to the studio to uh, get the Iron Giant made. It was like they didn't want... I think they, the studio didn't want to do Iron Giant. They wanted to do this like kind of commercial sort of blockbuster, just schlocky thing. And Brad Bird really had he had the script for the Iron Giant. He wanted to do it. So he had an A-team working on the, the schlock movie where they worked very slowly. They worked super slowly on it. They like delayed it and all this stuff. And then he had a B-team working on Iron Giant in secret. And when they screened, they they finished Iron Giant first and they gave it to the producers and they're like, this is what we made. And it's like, you know, they put it out because <laughs> it's like a classic. It's a, it's an instant classic, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. I
2: still feel like a lot of people haven't seen it, though. Right. I still feel like it's a movie that people are like, oh, yeah, I never saw that. Yes.
0: I think yeah. my generation, um, definitely, it had an impact more so on maybe my generation. I know hundreds of people I've met hundreds of people and connected with a lot Mm. of people about that movie it's uh it's a big one at least for Mm. kids you know
1: now I have noticed something with your generation um (laughs) that you know sort of an embracing of of things from the 90s like they're like even if it's watching like binge watching every season of friends
0: well yeah I mean I write um most of the time I write uh, period pieces in quotations, you know. Um <laughs> uh, I think that it has to do with it is a it is a nostalgia factor, but like and it it is gonna probably come into the mainstream a little bit more as we move out of this like 80s obsession that we've been in for a while now recently in like media. But I write I mean the film that I've been writing for a super long time that I talked about earlier that uh with Ratcatcher and everything that that film is at least at first is set in nineteen ninety six and then it moves to like two thousand and sixteen It's just like an epic uh romance thing about like these people and like the disintegration of the relationship over time and like there's time it's it's yeah it's a whole thing but um <laughs> the the i i i'm very very nostalgic for my childhood and for the just the i think so much has changed just like visually in our time. I think about like, even like if you look at something simple like McDonald's, like the design of McDonald's from like the nineties is so colorful and was, so, they had, it was so kid friendly and, and this kind of like this wonderland, at least for me, I remember being like, Oh my God, we're going to McDonald's. They have a play place and they have, mm-hmm. <laughs> a, they have a game cube like set up and like at some of them and all these things. And, and it was just even more, they they had all these characters and all these mascots nowadays it's like this drab gray, like, you know, um, the play is colored like just beige and like, you <laughs> know, like there's there's something inherent. I don't know. Even like 90s culture, there's like this whole thing about like the extreme and like all these like wacky colors. And there, there's 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 something to it. You know, I, I, I can't tell what it is, but it has to be something psychological. McDonald's. You know, that we,
2: McDonald's today is like before they get to Oz yeah. is what it's like
0: now. Yeah. Uh,
2: What's yeah. your next movie?
1: Well, I mean, there's just so many here. But when you were talking about like sort of the way things looked, mm-hmm. um, sort of the an opposite uh, view of that is we were rewatching Office Space last oh, yeah. night. And such a great movie from 1999. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like looking at like the chunky computers. Oh, yeah. And, at the same time, though, the 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 feeling that that those characters have in that office is universal. Yeah, that idea that you hate mm-hmm. your job, uh. right? And even even sort of that world of the cubicles, right? And the characters that are so iconic, the you know, the guy who loves his stapler or mumbles next to you, or
0: I think it speaks you know? to like a, um, even just like introverts in a way too, where it's like you know. Um it's, it's a lot about it, or there's a lot of stuff in the film about him just not even wanting to be around people, or around those people yeah. altogether, because it's just like, it remi- it's, yeah. And I feel that way. I love my job. I have an amazing job, but... Um, you know, sometimes I don't want to go into work because I know that I'm going to have to deal with like some old people or some weird strangers old people like, like us. Like us. No, no. People in their like late <laughs> 60s who are very entitled and scary. And, <laughs> you know, but. Just diffuse it. Give them a big smile before they can even be mean. That it doesn't stop them. I don't know. <laughs> they're they're unstoppable. Just remember
1: of. they've earned it. Okay. That's yeah. all you have to remember. Yeah, have they earned it or were yeah. they
0: given? Or
2: was it given to
1: well, them? Well, no, 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 no. I mean the crabbiness. That, you know, I think if you, I think if you're over sixty, you I don't think that you've earned like. I, I'm just talking about it as far as age goes. No, I disagree the, with you, ah, PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but Office Space is just there's a certain kind of humor in it that is just so off, right? Mm-hmm. Like you. Um, it, there's there isn't like a setup punch kind of humor in any of it's it. It's more
2: character driven, like in the way they, you know, each individual, like the like the woman in the office who who, who says, "Sounds like someone who's a case of the Mondays." <laughs> right. like, that woman is in every office, and you're like, "Oh my god, here comes Catherine. I can't stand her."
1: Yes, yes, or the boss, you know, yeah, with uh, just his passive
2: aggressive. Yeah, you yeah, know, just
0: yeah. Ugh, man, it's awful. Totally. But one thing I <laughs> yep. did
1: notice was that – so so you take off a space, right? And you think, you know, like I said, it's like slightly off-center. It's quirky. It was, you know, um, has, you know, a cult following. You know, it's uh, got this dark comedic element mm-hmm. and stuff. But structurally, it hits the mark, right? Just in the most classic places. Like by the end of Act One, he is hypnotized mm-hmm. into into – not giving a crap yeah. right by the midpoint he finds out that his friends are going to be fired so he starts to to give a little bit right mm-hmm. and and uh, and they have this you know crazy plan mm-hmm. but, by the end of Act Two, it goes horribly awry,
0: and they're in the darkest place that they can possibly exactly, be. Exactly, exactly. Not friends with any of them. And-
1: right, exactly. So you've got like those like classic structural markers, but sometimes when you have those, you that gives you the freedom to be just really weird all around those things. So those markers ground the audience in some kind of actual story that they can follow, but then you have the freedom to be just. Just off the wall with your yeah. characters and your dialogue, and I think that was the trick of Office Space.
0: I think Mike Judge is definitely uh, a genius as well. I feel like a lot of the people that we're talking, a lot of these movies, they they, you know, I'm looking at like even just the names on this list. It's like PTA is on here too, and like tons of these directors and actors. Like they're all they all have something about them that is just very incredibly unique. I think Mike Judge has has an eye for offbeat obscurity like just weird stuff and he knows how to make it uh relatable and and personable to well, he, he can just, also get laughs out of the mundane totally mm. you know and i think that he is a master of that style of comic king of the hill is a perfect example of just uh yeah he, yeah he is he he's He's another one. I feel like his three films, yeah, there's, uh, it's Office Space, Idiocracy, and Extract. Those are, I, I love those movies. And Extract think,
1: was, was good. We finally sighed. It was, yeah. it was really good.
0: Yeah.
2: I think we should talk about The Best Man because we just watched that. Well, I yeah. just watched it for the first time today.
1: Yeah. So it, as I was going through this list, I was like, and then I got to The Best Man, and I was like, oh okay, mm-hmm. what makes this movie different from every other movie that year? It was like, oh, really? A movie with people of color? All right. It was it was an all-black cast. It was, you know, um, an extremely human story, mm-hmm. a relatable story. You've got, you know, uh, a, a bunch of friends from college that are reuniting at a wedding. They all have sort of secrets and backstories. Right. All these, you know— uh, very, very clear characters, you know, and and is is a beloved movie, you know. Um but man, nineteen ninety nine was a white, white it year. It was a white a white year. year. No, and, I, I was and, thinking
0: that looking at the list. I was yeah, like, man.
1: <laughs> I really and and you know, oh, and look at all the women that are carrying movies too. None. So so you know it's it's uh yeah,
0: You're right. It Not really many. right.
1: Yeah. I mean so, you know, you know, these classic movies yes they're they're classic and we yes. you know we we should take what works and move mm-hmm. uh, beyond as totally. well but yeah the best man was great
0: I haven't seen that one I'll have to check it out
1: One thing you I you just mentioned PTA? Yes. Parent Teacher Association. I believe that was Paul Thomas. My grandma was the president of the PTA for a while, (laughs) which is funny. But this was a reference to Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. Is that right? Absolutely. So in 1999, we had the movie Magnolia, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, starring Tom Cruise, Jason Robards, and Julianne Moore, among... Many. Many. I mean, oh, there yeah. was Philip so Seymour Hoffman. And yeah. Yeah. Those are just the biggest names.
2: Some people do not like this movie, but I like it very much. I, I love, love everything about it.
1: Many people do not like this yeah. movie. I, I, I'm with you. I love it too. It's just this collage of of experiences and stories. Yeah.
2: Well, anyone who th- always throws out to me that Tom Cruise isn't a good actor needs to Watch see that. him in this. He's <laughs> yeah. really good in it. Yeah. He's good in a ton of movies, but this is... If I throw out five Tom Cruise movies where I think he's a great actor, this is one I throw out. You are definitely true. You're yeah, color of money, a right there. You know, <laughs> Rain Man. So, uh,
0: yeah, I just saw this. Actually, I just saw Magnolia on the big screen. They screened it at um, the new Bev, uh in 35 millimeter, and it was a very. I watched it with my friend Grace and my friend Jacob, and it was it was an experience. It was so rad to see it up there and to see it in those colors and it was it was something just out of this world
1: yeah. and you'd seen it before or was yes. this your first time no
0: this is my second time watching it and i love P- uh, paul thomas anderson i think I the only movie of his that I don't connect with is Inherent Vice. Um, me too. Which, and me three. And I
1: watched Inherent Vice twice yeah. because I'm <laughs> such a Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson fan. I was like, what did I miss? And I'm like, that, ah, nothing, There's nothing, no. Yeah, everyone has it. a
0: misstep. The movie he made after Magnolia is in my uh, in my top ten. It's uh, Punch Drunk Love with oh, Adam. Sandler. Oh, so good,
1: so good. That,
0: that is a that is a perfect film in my opinion. I. I I could talk for hours about that movie. Um, It is... Paul Thomas Anderson is just like a force, I feel like. You watch any of his movies and they're just... There's that... It's a even just his name is just like a stamp of like a appro- like of approval <laughs> like of you know of greatness yeah
1: so even so so here we've got something that again i think in script form would be like come on let's do some editing like you know if if that i mean i have to admit if that mm-hmm. came across my desk mm-hmm. i'd be red penning the 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 yeah. crap out of it mm-hmm. right but it first of all he is also directing it right it is more of an experience i feel than sort of one story, it's taking this experience of of the valley mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. you know, and all these different stories of these people that are sort of semi, uh, uh, sort of semi connected, you know, and saying like, this is this is the story is the world. I don't know how to describe it.
0: I yeah, it's it's just. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of coincidence and and things are. It, I feel like it's how I think. I think if you were to, you know, if I was to ask Pat if I was like if I was like, oh, um, do you know this person that or like if if I don't know, it, like it, a it, six
1: degrees thing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Eventually you'd get to yeah. some kind of connection exactly, and, and that is sort of the experience of this movie. But then of course he also adds in musical numbers. Mm-hmm out of the blue like love, like 3 quarters of the yeah. way in like somebody they like singing the same song you're like Whoa, what and yeah. then it rains frogs so you kind of just have to well for me frogs, back it, and, frogs and is just like
2: th- that's life you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. you know from you know from day to day you don't know what can happen that's I, true you know what i mean
0: it's uh I totally yeah.
2: <laughs> and he really and i love that uh, when he does a film in LA he really because when you live out here and you're like and you watch a film that was shot out here, then you're like, I know the I know that place, I know oh, where yeah. this is. Oh yeah. But he really he really knows how to film Los Angeles. Too. Every
0: time I pass uh Reseda and uh Sherman Way, I that's right where the um the gas station is and the the, the what is it? Uh, Solomon and Solomon's that's like right there mm-hmm. on the corner where uh uh William H. Macy's climbing up the thing and then falls down, all that stuff that's right there. Mm-hmm. And the theater, I think, from Boogie Nights is right on that corner as well. We yeah. lived uh,
1: right around the corner from there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that?
0: No, not <laughs> at the time. know
1: that. No. We were just trying to get out of Reseda. Oh, yeah. No. So we're like,
0: let's, let's <laughs> yeah. not
1: look. Um, uh, uh, also, this is your wheelhouse, Pat. Yeah. The soundtrack. Right, Amy Mann?
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great soundtrack.
1: Oh, my God. So good.
2: Mostly original, but then she does a cover of Three Dog Nights, one. Mm -hmm. One is the loneliest number. I thought
0: that Amy Mann played Claudia in the film for so long, and then I found out that she did, and I was like, oh, no, that didn't uh, discount the the (laughs) performance. But I, I was like, totally just like... She's an amazing singer, and she's in this movie. You know? <laughs> I would like yeah.
2: to. Can I talk about two comedies that have a lot of heart from nineteen ninety nine?
0: Absolutely.
2: I love. Uh, I love Bowfinger. First of all, directed by Frank Oz, who's uh, the voice of Kermit uh, the Frog, <laughs> and uh, written by Steve Martin and uh, Eddie. It's a Steve. It's an Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin movie. And you know, when people talk about Eddie Murphy movies, they always, it's always the same ones. It's Trading Places. It's Forty Eight Hours. It's Beverly Hills Cop. It's Coming to America. But then I would put Bowfinger right up there. He plays two parts. The movie's about Steve Martin, who's an independent filmmaker, and he's trying to – he's trying, he decides that they're going to make an action movie with this action star without the guy knowing – it's Eddie Murphy is the is – the, plays the action star. Without him knowing, they're filming the movie around him. And then they hire this guy to be like their intern, and as they're filming, it, it comes out that, oh, yeah, he's my, he's my brother. So then, it's just—it's so fun. It's really fun.
1: <laughs> now, how did that do commercially? I don't think
2: it did well at all. It, it
1: felt like it should have been a huge movie, but Eddie, I remember we Eddie went Murphy to see it. Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin. Yeah, we loved it, yeah. and it just felt so under the the radar yeah, and at the time. And
2: I watched that just a couple of years ago, and it still holds up, and it's so much fun.
1: Yeah, I think you'd really like it as well. Again, because of both, out, yeah. the oh, independent filmmaking yeah, vibe in it. And,
2: yeah, Eddie Murphy's so funny and so different as these two twin brothers that are you know (laughs) sorry i gave that up to you but it's it's really cool and then the other one's galaxy quest Uh, i just think that's a fantastic movie yeah Yeah. but i I loved it i mean you take it's it's basically what if the characters from star trek what if aliens actually came down and thought that these actors were really starfleet Mm -hmm. or and then they took them to help uh, out with some intergalactic thing it's really cool
1: it's really great. I remember when the script, I think it was Amblin, you know, or uh, maybe it was it was DreamWorks at mm-hmm. the time. I don't know. But when it first came in and how excited everybody was about this one premise, just mm-hmm. the premise Just the alone premise gets you was, in the door. Yeah, was getting sort of pitched all over. Everybody mm-hmm. was sort of whispering it to each other like, this is just a great idea. Yeah. Um, but I think both yeah. Finger
2: and Galaxy Quest both have like great – log lines that would get you you know oh wait a minute they're going to try to film a movie without with the actor but without him knowing they're filming the movie right it's pretty cool
1: right and galaxy quest is you know had also the production values of a high concept Mm -hmm. you know commercial commercially driven comedy of the time and and works it wasn't just the big idea it also was the execution of it, and it was a it was a crowd pleaser. Yeah,
2: as as a result, you know Sigourney Weaver's in it, and you think of her from Alien, so that was kind of a, an homage to you know her being an alien. Mm-hmm. And, and Tim Allen's really good in it. I mean, when Toy Story and stuff was coming out, Tim Allen was they let him do anything, and he's really good in
0: this. Alan Rickman's in it too. I remember yes. liking him a lot. Yeah. as a kid, he's like the Spock character. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know what also came out that that you know anybody who's listening to nineteen to to this podcast and looking things up right now is screaming at us, two movies, okay? The first they're screaming at us is, Fight Club, you're not talking about Fight Club! And the second is, The Matrix! How can you not lead with The Matrix? Now, with, with Fight Club, I I did... I loved that year and some of the years around it, which was the, the year of the big surprise. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, I am easily surprised. I was like, oh, what? There's a huge re- reveal yeah. at the end. I'm not sure to me a guy like beating himself up in the parking lot is still sort of kind of laughable mm-hmm. but there was so much you know it was all about his his dark psyche and you know the manipu- the psychological ma- manipulation of this person that you assume is his friend for the longest time so you know you're really wrapped up in it i think for the longest time and and it you know it, it spoke to a lot of people probably a lot of young men
0: mm-hmm. it's you know it- in my generation, I should preface what I'm about. to... In my generation, there is a stigma against Fight Club that, like, and Pulp Fiction. There are these, like, you know, cause there are these people that are are. There's this group of people called film bros. They're the people who, like, kind of ah. they're they're like if you go into like a film bros like dorm in like film school, he's gonna have a Pulp Fiction poster, a Goodfellas poster, a Dark Knight poster up. You know, these are all very good films, films that I love very much, but they're now nowadays at least in my generation, they're associated with people who i think misinterpret um a lot of the um the 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 value or they 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 don't it's not that they misinterpret it they just there's an attitude that these people have that's very pompous and entitled like they know what it is or they and there is a general misunderstanding about fight club um part of why I think I love it so much is because. It is like a satire within a satire like it it has it has a lot of levels to it like i i mean I think I found out maybe just like two years ago that the writer of the movie and the and the book um chuck, uh chuck um Poly, uh, i forget how to pronounce his name. or something uh, like polynuck yeah he he uh he's gay also that's like a whole big thing in the and the and the that i think ha- has a lot to do with like just what he's saying about um fragile masculinity and the, the um, aggression and like this, like he, there's a lot of, of subtext in the book and the film that is just super. um, It's just deep. It's a deep film and a lot of people misunderstand it. I mean, to the point where I think there's this story, I think I've told this to a, a bunch of people, but there's this story about how David Fincher, his daughter, um, started dating this guy and this guy came up to him and, and they met for the first time. And he was like, oh my God, sir, I'm so happy to meet you. Fight Club is my favorite movie of all time. And he was like, oh, cool. And later on, he went up to his daughter and was like, you should stop dating him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. And
0: because I think he even knows that people people kind of go crazy. It's kind of like American sight. My dad always told me as a kid, he was like, never tell people if you even he's like he's like american psycho should never be your favorite film if you if you meet anybody or you or you if you meet anybody that says that you get away like you know but, like it is a great film it, it
2: but psycho can
0: be your favorite film it, it definitely well definitely. Although, although,
1: <laughs> although it probably says you have some other issues but yeah <laughs> yeah um you know that's so interesting so so I'm a little relieved, in a way, that there's there's this exploration mm-hmm. of okay, we love these movies, but have you have have certain people just grabbed up the violence of it without really looking at the meaning of it, and then also used it in, as an excuse for you know th- that makes me cool, yeah. right? No, this, there's this expression there's of violence, this, like
0: I think the first layer of that film is is like you know, anti, um, capitalist, like, you know, a nonconformist, like, you know, you're, uh, you're <laughs> just all those quotes that Tyler Durden says that Brad Pitt says through the entire movie, I think that's the surface. Mm-hmm. And then underneath it, there is this thing about, um, sexuality and, uh, masculinity and snowflakes. That term was coined in the book, you know, that's where that, that term comes from altogether too. Um, I think that that movie has a lot to say, um, and a lot of people just misunderstand it. I th- I th- I, and then there's a lot of people who, even then, who are like discounting the the film bros. They're like, "Oh, they don't get it," or the, the people who just discount Fight Club altogether. Fight Club is a good movie. I think you know. I think even if you don't like it as a film, I think there's a lot of really talented energy in that film. I think that it has a lot going for it, and there's a reason why people love it so much too. But,
1: but some of the things you're yeah. talking about might be the reason, Pat, that you didn't like the movie. Well, we we saw it and I was like, that turn. Oh, my goodness. You know, I did not see that coming. But so Pat goes, was like, eh.
2: It goes down the <laughs> downhill for me. Like the first act I think is great. Uh-huh. And the second act I think is good. And then the third act I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> you know? Because I loved it, and then I liked it, and then I didn't like it at all. So <laughs> as the movie went on, that's just how I felt.
1: We also, you and I, because again, this was this was our year of freedom, right? So mm. we saw everything, and of course, we saw The Matrix. Yes, and I think you and I are the only people on the planet that were like, hmm. Uh, know hmm. you know and everybody was just passionate oh, about yeah. it i
2: remember whatever I, job i was working they're like did you see the matrix I Go, we're going tonight and then the next day i came into work what'd you think i'm like i don't really care for it
1: you know what i'll so, tell you i'll tell you the reason I, i'm not a huge fan of it mm-hmm. is i felt like it had this really amazing large world to explore and a very small uh mission with like saving his boss mm-hmm. i felt like like i was missing the saving your the world aspect of it with yeah. just saving his boss from the kidnapping unless i i sort of uh- they have this confused in my head. It just, uh, it seems smaller. The story seems smaller than
0: it oh, should yeah, be. Oh, yeah, no. I think that that's something, at least for me, that's something I like about the first Matrix film. I think the problem with the other Matrix films is that be, they become these like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> we're in, and we're in all these places and we're in the, Ma- uh, like, you know. I don't know anyone that likes those other two. Yeah. yeah I've never I,
2: heard someone go, my favorite movie is <laughs> Matrix Reloaded.
0: Yeah. No, it the, isn't. I think the first one is is a really cool, self-contained um very well composed meaning visually like it is the, the colors and the composition is so rad in that yeah. movie. The it actors is, are
2: stellar and I, yeah. I love the special effects
0: but yeah. the story just doesn't grab me. Yeah, I yeah. think as a, as guess, a story
1: yeah. person, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I guess I, I always sort of tire a little bit of the training sequence Yeah, but yeah. other people live yeah. for the training sequence, you yeah. know, so it really kind of depends on on what what gets right. you. Like,
2: like if we had met after The Matrix came out you would have assumed from the movies I like that I would have loved The Matrix, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But no. Nope.
0: I wanted to, um, there's something that you guys, are even just, uh, I brought up American Psycho and then also Fight Club. I feel like the third act of Fight Club becomes this larger than life thing, you know, and so does American Psycho. American Psycho, I think, pulls it off a little bit more because it's so like balls to the wall, like there, he shoots his gun at a car and then it explodes and like, you know, the, the this and that. It's... It's a dream, really, but it, the, I think that um, something that uh, Charlie Kaufman um, tackles in his in the film that Spike Jones and him made after being John Malkovich, which is called Adaptation, there's a which is an amazing film about screenwriting. If uh, the listeners haven't seen that, oh, trust
1: me, they've yeah, seen it. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, that's an
0: amazing film about screenwriting. There's a whole sequence where um, Charlie Kaufman's character, who's played by Nicolas Cage, is at a seminar where he's watching this. Um, I think a real life uh, script uh, supervisor, script instructor, like talking about um, what not to do. Like he's trying to get out of, Charlie Kaufman's trying to get out of this rut that he's in where he can't write and all this stuff. And and it, this idea comes up multiple times through the film where it's like, it, it's something that Charlie Kaufman doesn't want to do, but then it manifests itself at the end of the film, which is... Um, it's like oh the first two acts should be like this but then the third act should it should it should bring you in and and it should be this you know explode like you know they 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 they're aping uh the what they're talking about yeah. like altogether but i think that that's something that happens in american mm-hmm. psycho and in fight club is that they just become these i yeah that's i think adaptation is like seeing those films and being like let's do that but let's let's like twist it like let's let's like you have to be self conscious about yeah. it. Yeah. No. I mean, I cry at the end of Adaptation. I think Nicolas Cage does such a good job playing those two characters. Um, for me, at least, that it's like when when the ending happens, when that real like gut punch of an ending happens, it's like oh, like no, <laughs> like <laughs> like no, <laughs> like. They they get you and Charlie Co- yeah Charlie Kaufman's a master anyways uh, yeah.
1: I think I mean third acts are hard oh, right yeah. they oh, are yeah. so difficult you know one could even look at adaptation which is not nineteen ninety nine by the way but yes. uh, but as okay yeah he's making sort of fun of the convention of film and then actually doing that in the yeah. third act but. <laughs> Also finds an ending to his movie in the process Mm -hmm. of doing it. Like it's like, well, you may be pointing the finger at and going, "Look at what I'm doing," but you're still doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what? What movie I I came out in 1999? I think does have a really satisfying ending. I've just loved this movie. It's American Beauty. Oh yeah. Um, You know, and I. You know, I'm not even a middle-aged man with a with a, a midlife crisis. Yeah. You know, but and nor was I in 1999 when I saw it.
0: <laughs> neither but, am I, nor <laughs> am I.
1: <laughs> That's right, exactly.
0: <laughs> there was. A, go, yeah. You keep going. Sorry.
1: Oh no, no, but I I think um, no no. Tell me what would I just
0: thinking? I just remember finding this film in high school. Um, this is another like you know you could uh, film bros love this movie, but it doesn't matter. But <laughs> I remember finding this movie in high school and just being like like, whoa, like it was, it was a, there was something about the entire thing, even in the script, just in all the performances. um, It is a very different type of approach to the, to a movie that I feel like has been done before in some ways, but it's, 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 it's a really, really solid film. I, I, I was obsessed with, I probably watched it like five or six times um, in high school and, I remember even reading on like the back of the box like the director he like got the script he read it he read it on a plane and then he like was so like uh, enraptured by it that he read it again on like he was on like a he was on a flight that had a stop and then he had to get on another flight so he read them on he read the script two times on two different flights and I think that has something to say just about the the product itself it's yeah.
1: Well, the director is Sam Mendes and yes. the writers, Alan Ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know at what point Sam Mendes got the script, mm-hmm. but the earliest version of that script was it was a, a courtroom thriller. Oh wow! It was sort of uh, the story was wrapped with this courtroom, you know, who done it kind oh, of thing yeah. with everybody testifying and stuff. And the sto- the story was compelling enough, but the the early script is overwritten and Mm -hmm. has a completely different thing. And then it became this like beautiful spare... um, Poignant. Yeah. Yeah. And a a linear movie too. Mm -hmm. Um, With the exception... Yeah. With the exception of the voiceover, which is non-linear. But... But... uh, Yeah, I, I... it, it also pays homage. I mean, as you're a film, film student, mm-hmm. right? So there's that sunset Boulevard opening, mm-hmm. right? Yeah in, the, yeah. in terms of, you know, like, look at me, I'm going to be dead, <laughs> you know? And, and it, the, the bro part that I think is not to be, to be, uh, worshipped mm-hmm. is the fact that you've got a man who is, um, you know, lusting after this teenage girl, mm-hmm. um, who disrupts his entire, uh, his entire family like Mm -hmm. he basically you know turns everybody into murder suspects Mm -hmm. because he disrupts their world so much because he's being so selfish about it you know this is yeah
0: it's similar to election in in a way too where it's like yeah it is about like selfishness at its core i Mm -hmm. think it is about like uh human uh selfishness and even selflessness in a on the counter of that like i feel like um yeah, it's another film where I also really um I think I care the character I care the most about is Thora Birch's character who's his daughter who like is in like, you know, meets this boy. I think his name's Ricky Fitz. I think that's <laughs> the the character's name. She meets this boy who's like totally strange and it, their romance and their relationship it, I remember watching it and just being so inspired by it because it's very uh sincere at a point. It becomes a very sincere, like very honest like they're gonna run away and they're gonna like take care of each other type of thing. I just I'm a sucker for that stuff, so like, it's it reminding me of election when we're talking about it. Yeah. I love I
1: love <laughs> the characters you identify with. You know, (laughs) that you, you know, maybe being young, you're always looking at the the young character Mm -hmm. and like, how is this movie affecting them? Mm -hmm. And me being old, I'm always looking at the sort of the older lead character. Mm -hmm. But you can look at a movie anyway, and it's gonna, you know, uh, I
0: think I connect with the characters that are the most, um, I, I definitely in both of these films, you know, those characters that I connect with are in romances. And I yeah, I write that stuff. So a lot of it, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, this is how you can write like a uh, situation like this. This is how you can. It's inspiring for me to see it because I'm like, oh, I love, I, I, I love that they're together and that it's, it's written this way or this. And then I'm also like, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there. And I, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Did you like American? You, you and I saw it together, didn't we? Yeah,
0: I, I liked parts of it, but overall, I
2: didn't really care for That's it.
1: Right, we left, and and I was like, I'm transported. And- <laughs> DreamWorks has made a great yeah. movie, and I'm not there. <laughs> no, I mean it was. It was, maybe I al- should go back. it
2: was an award-winning film, and people love it, but it just doesn't resonate with me at all. Because I don't like that. I don't like um, uh, midlife crisis dudes. Mm-hmm. I've never liked that. I've never liked that aspect in, in a person, a real person, or in a movie. I'm just like it's that. So doesn't interest me at all. Mm-hmm.
1: See, that's why that's why I married Pat. Yeah, but that is true. I'm just like <laughs> yeah. You know, if
2: if you. You know, just I, these guys that stop whatever doing what they're doing because they think they can't, you know what I mean? And then they want to recapture everything. It's just, come on.
1: Can we talk about some more movies? Are you uh, guys, how are we doing on time? We're
2: at one hour and two minutes. Get out. No.
1: I'm sorry. I was supposed to let you go. Are you apologizing well,
0: well, to the listeners or could, to Azul? We could cut it down. I, I don't mind talking. I love talking about movies. Can we
1: talk a little bit Absol- more? Because could, there's still some others on we this. We could talk
0: I, for another hour.
1: No, we're not going to talk for an- another hour. Listeners, I promise. Or we could just say apologies
2: to and read the movies we didn't talk about.
1: <laughs> Pat really wants to end this no, podcast. No, I don't.
0: No, I'm fine. I just
1: want to talk about the Blair Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah. Okay, because it's a heavy hitter at the time. It did something that nobody had ever done because the internet wasn't, you know, right. It was
0: my dad uh, remembers very fondly that marketing campaign and remembers like the websites and just seeing like, um, the hearing about it the way that it, they they marketed it all. The marketing exactly. was like the the kind of the key to making. This film kind of sort of blow up. Yeah, so the Blair
1: Witch Project was like cross platform in the fact that it actually sort of started this myth of what was it like uh, whatever the the Blair Witch legend right and that there were these people and there was found footage right so it was like a first found found footage yes that was big first found footage and so they put the the found footage on the internet and said look oh my gosh look at what we found right and and a lot of people thought it was real yes and then we find out no it's just a marketing campaign for a movie and it's a movie all put together with Found footage so even by the time you go to the movie and know it's not real anymore you're still really scared because yeah. of the style in which it's put together so I mean
0: I wonder if this holds up now I, I think it. it does I watched it about maybe like a year ago I've watched it about five times I think since it's still cool I I think it holds up in a lot I think it's a really good movie about filmmaking too about um, history and about uh, you know what's underneath yeah. uh, what's what's what is hiding in common midwestern mm-hmm. america um even there's even theories about like you know the the two male characters like you know having ulterior motives against the the main character in yeah. the film and like there's all these like you know like there's there's a it's it's a it's got some it's it's a very good there's some movie, level there's some levels yeah. there i think i think if you that, dig in yeah exactly all right
2: yeah. well i've only seen it once i did like it when we watched it we watched it at home i think we got a screener yeah mm.
1: and, well because you know how scared i am yeah. right so that was good <laughs>
2: and back then the screener was on like a vhs tape i think so oh. it, was, it was almost like you were like what i found look at this tape i found oh, in the garage gosh. put it in oh my gosh there's some found footage here. I think that's what the kids call it. Make sure and rewind it, honey. No, be <laughs> kind. We rewind.
0: There's a there's a movie I just looked at my list. I wanted to just bring up really quick. Um I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's called My Best Fiend. It's a documentary mm-hmm. um by Werner Herzog about his relationship with Klaus Kinski. When they were filming uh when they're from, when they're or filming Fitz, of, Fitzcarraldo for everything. Everything. It's okay. about their relationship and it's
1: we did see this. We did. We did. No, no.
2: I think we saw a movie with Willem Dafoe.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> playing. That's a good. That, yes. I like Plains. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. sorry, okay. sorry. Um, My Best Fiend is a really good documentary just about about two different personalities coming together, like in like a full platonic love. Like it's a it's about a very strange relationship that is very perplexing and Werner Herzog himself and Klaus, they're both characters. Mm -hmm. Like I've met Werner Herzog maybe about three times now and he is just a, he is like a, a legend almost. I feel like just in himself, he's just this, this uh, fountain of, uh, of knowledge and, and of story. And, uh, my best fiend is something I think a lot of people should check out. It's it's a it's a very good movie,
2: and that's from 1999, correct? Yep.
0: Yeah. All right. Well,
1: I will read the others that are sort of left on the list because mm-hmm. yes. we, we will Apologies wrap this too. up. <laughs> but are there? Um, okay, so so I'm gonna read them and then and then Azul, if you have some more that you want to throw in, go for it. So we did not talk in depth about The Talented Mr. Ripley, which is an excellent psychological oh, that's a great thriller. Movie. Uh, directed by Anthony Miguela, writers were Patricia Highsmith who did the novel and Anthony Miguela did the screenplay and it stars Matt Damon and Gwyneth Paltrow and Jude Law. Um, ah,
2: Jude Law so ugly.
1: <laughs> we, so hard to we, look at him. We didn't talk <laughs> talk about Notting Hill. Um, uh, the writer is Richard Curtis, and it stars Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. And while it's not my favorite Hugh Grant rom com, it is still a, an iconic one. Yeah, um, American Pie. Um, which was sort of resurrected the sex comedy the, the teen mm-hmm. sex comedy in a way But American
2: Pie had some heart to it though it too. Really it wasn't did. just you went in there thinking you were going to get Porky's too the next day and yeah. it was more it was more than that.
1: And that was writer Adam Is it Hertz? Adam Hertz. Hertz, um, starring Jason Biggs. Um I just having just seen uh Book Smart. Mm-hmm. Oh
0: my god. Oh was that good? Oh. I want to check that out. Oh my
1: God, it's Great. so good. Maybe, I
0: heard you cried. Maybe Ezra and I. Would I go did watch cry. It. Cried at the end of a comedy. I,
1: I did cry because it's the the friendship is amazing, but also it takes every convention mm-hmm. of a teen comedy and a teen high school comedy as well. John Hughes stuff, and just when you think you know exactly where it's going, it always twists it. That's it just good. twists it. It's not. The story, it's the convention. Okay. It's like, oh, we're here, and they're going to say, uh, no, they say the opposite. The
2: opposite. Oh, that's and, great. And
1: it works. They're not doing it just to rebel. They're doing it because it's right for the characters. get
2: their screenwriters on this podcast. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> oh, my God, I would die. Um, then there is the Hurricane. Uh, director Nor- Norman Jewison, writers uh, were... Oh, Based I, on the uh,
2: book by Ruben Hurricane Carter. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, Denzel Washington is in it. Yeah. And uh, what was sort of noted about that movie was when pat and i first started dating in 95 right yeah and i found out
2: <laughs> pilar was a script reader and worked in development i was like you know what i can't believe they never made into a, a movie is <laughs> the story of reuben hurricane carter and i told her all about it and i go i think that would be a great movie for eddie murphy because he could break out he could do something dramatic and it would be you know and years later will smith was ali and and, and of the um muhammad ali muhammad yeah. ali and then um Oh, who's a uh, who's uh, Jamie Fox was, was Ray uh, Charles was Ray Charles. So, like, you know, those comedians broke out and had their big dramatic. So you part. could have and been a one,
1: talent manager, yes, and yeah,
2: and broke and Eddie Murphy the into the producer of yeah, this movie, yeah. The
1: Hurricane, and then like yeah. you know,
2: three years later, oh my god, they're making it
1: right, right, and so but but it's a really good biopic. It mm-hmm. definitely takes some liberty, liberties in taking certain characters that, like, for example, he was you know had a bunch of sort of cops as antagonists in his life but they they created one cop to represent that all the cops but yeah. but you know uh, it was a really good biopic um, The Insider which is a a great sort of conspiracy movie um, director Michael Mann um, uh, and it 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 uh, I don't know how to, how to describe it again another slow burn mm. have you ever seen this one I don't think so I think you'd like it I think as well like I'm gonna it check
0: it out I'm gonna put all these on my list
1: uh, three kings David O Russell oh mm. my god you must love that as well right
0: I yeah I saw that when I was probably about 11 years old with my dad <laughs> yeah that's another one my dad and I would he was he was like one there was a he used to say like yeah the cat's out of the bag at this point he like showed me there was one film I feel like it was like a clockwork orange or something maybe it was like 12 and he was like yep it's i can he can watch anything now it's like you know like it's it's fine with me but yeah three kings is him it's so good it's uh-huh.
1: so good it's we were trying to figure out what category it was it it's was like, a, like it's like a war, war, war caper. Heist. Yeah, war yeah heist.
2: heist caper
1: yes it's, and it has that heart in it because then it sort of switches directions with with you know actually caring about people and mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and, I
0: think that it is a very very well acted film yeah. too. Every single like Spike Jones is in that movie. Yes, he <laughs> is. And, and Ice Cube does an amazing. Mark Wahlberg, George yep. Clooney, they all are really. And it's really my, great it's my favorite on
2: set story that David Oressa is not being very kind to the extras, and George Clooney is going to beat him up.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh George! Yeah. Oh,
2: George. he's the hero to the people. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, he is <laughs> a
2: great remake. Thomas Crown Affair. Right. Directed by John McTiernan, who did Die Hard. And it's just, it's got some great twists and turns. And Pierce Brosnan, Renee Russo, and Dennis Leary are all fantastic. That's a really good remake.
1: Now, also, 10 Things I Hate About You. We had the writer, Kirsten Smith, um, on the show. Um, she's also written, like, oh, my God, she wrote Legally Blonde. And she wrote Ella Enchanted. And she was just a fantastic writer. But 10 Things I Hate About You. um, Cruel Intentions, you know, what we're seeing is like, you know, teens going, no, I have power in my world and I have very grown up stories to tell. Mm-hmm. So both of those movies. Um, Girl Interrupted. Girl on Interrupted, yes. Girl mm-hmm. Interrupted, definitely. Um, writer um, James... sorry i had my my eyes dilated today so i can't really okay
2: whereas you told me they were going to dilute them (laughs) that's what you said (laughs) did i I, yeah i need to have my eyes are going to be diluted
1: boys don't cry um writer director kimberly pierce um you know trying to uh you know digging into uh, a trans story um weren't a lot of a lot of that you know mm, on screen so you know I know you know have having talked to Ezra there are some criticisms with the movie mm-hmm. but you know in 1999 to at least yes. make you know to to put a character on screen that is transitioning mm-hmm. was was there's a, there's really a good. term
0: that uh, Roger Ebert coined for films like that and just films in general um from older periods past times that maybe have things that aren't it's he called them unenlightened films he called them unenlightened pieces of art because they didn't have necessarily the maybe the the the, the yeah i think it's that word speaks for itself possibly you know it, it means like you, he meant the filmmakers didn't have
2: all the knowledge needed exactly. to make the perfect and the film, progressiveness at did, the time they did yeah. the best they could mm-hmm. but in, in hindsight it maybe isn't enlightened
0: yeah exactly. he
2: also coined a phrase thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Oh, and you know what? And thumbs down. There you mm-hmm. go.
1: Wow. Forgot about those two. <laughs> are there any on this list, Azul? Others that that mm-hmm. that uh, are not that, that you would like to other people to know about?
0: Um, the ones that I have connected to the most from this year, or not the most, but some of the films that just haven't been brought up that I really love, or. The Virgin Suicide, Sofia Coppola's first movie, came out in 1999, which is a very important film for me. I think that book is one of the most beautifully written books I've ever read in my life. It's like a every sentence is a spell type thing, where it's like you're reading it, and it's like he it's like he crafted everything so meticulously, and it's a very beautiful book. I recommend that to anybody who wants to read something very poetic and pretty. Um, <laughs> the movie is it, it reflects that in a way too. Definitely, it, it's,
1: it, she is. An amazing director. I have to say I'm Mm -hmm. constantly underwhelmed by her writing. I I feel like, (laughs) I feel like, and could we, a story, Mm -hmm. a little, you know? So I wasn't, maybe if I'd also read the book, Mm -hmm. like, and realized it was more the experience of it, it was gorgeous to Mm -hmm. look at. That's,
0: that's for sure. It's, it's at least from that time from being like maybe yeah again in high school or like early middle like late middle school um virgin suicides was a big one for me like that was a really that was like a pillar at the time mm. um Julian Donkey boy by uh, Harmony Corinne came out in nineteen ninety nine that also stars Werner Herzog. that is a really crazy crazy movie it's very just very, the title's crazy it's a it's it's a really I think it's really good. It's not, you know, we don't need to talk about it, but that's one that can, right. came up, uh the Man on the Moon um, oh, yeah. about Andy Kaufman sure. and Jim Carrey. I think that movie even though the behind the scenes like Jim Carrey's totally oh, whack, but you
1: have to watch the movie <laughs> and then watch the behind the scenes documentary. Yeah. I what what I forget what that was. I forget
0: called. what it's called too. The, the yeah. director of that documentary directed a film from 1999 called American Movie. Uh, uh-huh. His name is Chris mm. Smith. Oh,
1: Amer- American yeah. Movie was
0: so weird and so cool. I watched that the other day for maybe the third time, and I was just—it it was exactly what I needed from mm. like what I was expecting from it. It was like just to watch a, a portrait of a of a very passionate person trying to make his art mm-hmm. and keep his integrity. Is it's a really really powerful film. I feel like it's very funny too. It's a very silly film, very bizarre. Yes, unintentionally the, funny. Yes, definitely. Um, and then I think. That's about it. Did that's, we cover it? That's really about it. I mean, there's there's other stuff. I mean, there's like Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost and <laughs> Superstar. Oh, now you're just um, being crazy. You know,
1: Superstar Molly Shannon.
0: Yeah, hey. a
2: friend of the show. <laughs>
1: that's right. She's been on the podcast. Hey, nice. when I have
2: a guest on my podcast, then they're friend then of the they're show. Friend of the show. <laughs> if I always say former guest and friend of the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> those are How'd those are mine. Yeah. Those. All right. Pretty cool.
1: Those are uh, you know I. Thought you would contribute well to the show, but I had no idea we would Thank be you. educated to this extent. Seriously, <laughs> you. you have an open invitation. You are so, oh my god! Thank you. This I is really the appre- future, people.
2: This is a few You made the show be twice as long as it normally no, is. No, no, but it's, it was totally
1: <laughs> worth it. It was totally worth it. Hey, if you guys would like um, the list that we are working from, um, I'm gonna compile this list in order of. Who's like, these are Pilar's favorites, Pat's favorites, Azul's favorites. Um, and uh, you'll get the whole list. Um, just write me at either Pilar, P I L A R, at onthepage.tv or inquire at onthepage.tv. It all goes to me and I will send you the list.
2: And do you want Azul to send you the ones? that were on his personal list?
1: Yes. Will you send those to me and we'll add it to that list? Absolutely. And um, Azul, (laughs) are you somebody who, are you, do you tweet? Are you on Instagram? Do you? Um,
0: You guys can, if you guys want to see any of my um, short films, or actually there's uh, if you guys look up Secret Treasure, Hidden Gem, which is my company name, um, if you look that up on YouTube, um, the first thing that'll come up hopefully is uh, the trailer for a film that my friend Grace Rolek, who's, who plays Connie on Steven universe. It's yeah. uh she, she wrote and uh, directed a film that I shot, edited and produced uh, with her. And it's called mailboxes. There's the trailer for that. That's up on YouTube secret treasure, hidden gem mailboxes, 2018. Yeah. That, that's, right. you know, you cool. can look me up on Vimeo as well. Just a Z U L N I N O Vimeo. Yeah. That's my portfolios there. Um,
1: Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah. If any executives are listening, I think <laughs> uh, a general meeting with Azul is required. That's all I want
0: to say And about you that. should, if there are any executives listening, please watch Mailboxes first. That is the best summation of my work I'm, uh, I'm, so far. I'm yes. going to go watch it. Great. Immediately. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Um, Pat, where can people stalk
0: you? First, I do want to give a real
2: Roger Ebert quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. Okay. It's a real, because we. Were, I was being silly earlier. But <laughs> one of my favorite quotes from Roger Ebert is, No good movie is too long, and no bad movie is too short.
1: There you go. And no good screenwriting teacher is too short. Just don't forget that, people.
2: Or good screenwriting teachers are really short.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yes.
2: Uh, You can find me uh, on Twitter at Pat underscore Francis. You can find my podcast on Twitter at Rock Solid Show. And if you go to rocksolidpodcast.com, you can find everything There is to know about the
1: universe. um, If if anybody would like to come take class with a really short screenwriting teacher, go (laughs) to onthepage.tv, check out the live classes in Los Angeles. Um, But also, every live class is now being turned into an online class as well. Um, Online slash video, meaning that I'm teaching it in real time through Zoom. And so I would love to be able to finally... uh, talk one on one with some people who are listening to the show and so, actually be able yeah. to
2: teach them directly. So now no matter where you live on the planet, yes, Pat? you can take a class with Pilar Alessandra. Pat,
1: it's a new, it's it's this thing. It's called video conferencing. It's crazy. I know.
2: <laughs> but you are you are you're killing it. You are becoming a pro at this.
1: I am learning on the job, but yes, I feel like people are getting the class that I teach live and that was my intention yeah. right is not to sort of you know cheat any right. of the online people so you yeah your pretty face yeah you know sometimes <laughs> it's not so pretty so uh go to on the page.tv check that all out and thank you again to azul you are You rock. Thank you you for
0: having me. Absolutely rock. Thank you. You guys rock. Thank you. Thank you you to
1: Pat for (laughs) making sure that the show doesn't screw up.
2: I don't know if it, I'll have to check the file. I find
1: out. (laughs) Thanks to all of you for listening and have a good writing week.